Hi guys, how are you today? My name is Bailey Sarian, and welcome to another episode of Murder, Mystery, and Makeup Monday. I'm out of breath. If you are new here, every Monday I sit down, I do my makeup, and I talk about a true crime story that's been heavy on my noggin. If you like true crime and you like makeup, then welcome. You should hit that subscribe button. Also, I just wanna shout out you guys. I see you all the time writing me that you and your boyfriend, your husband, your girlfriend, your wife, whoever, you guys sit down and you watch these videos. And I think that's really cool that I'm bringing relationships together. I'm gonna add that to my resume. Bringing relationships together. Okay, enough blabbing. Let's get into today's story, which is about Matrice Richardson and her very sad story. Aren't they're all sad? Today, I want to talk about Matrice Richardson, and uh, she was born on April 30th, 1985. Her parents were Latisse Sutton and Michael Richardson. Um, Latisse and Michael, they had met as juniors at their high school, and then Latisse had become pregnant um, when she was entering her senior year of high school. Um, she was determined so like to keep good grades and just to be successful in life. And she also had moved in with her grandmother, Mildred, and she was considered more as Latisse's mother than her grandmother. So she was very close with her. When Matrice was born, um, her great grandma, Mildred, she would watch over Matrice so the Latisse and Michael could go to school. And then when they graduated, also Mildred, she would watch over Matrice so both parents could work. So Michael, Matrice's father, well, he was working at a fast food restaurant and then he ended up to start selling drugs on the side. It was a way to make easy money. It was quick. It was way more than what he made at the fast food restaurant. And he was just kind of living living paycheck to paycheck. So he was like, okay, I'm just gonna, you know, sell drugs. It's not what he wanted to do, but it's what he did. Unfortunately, it just kind of got out of control and he ended up getting caught and he ended up getting locked up. He went to jail. And when he was locked up, Matrice was four years old. So she was still pretty young. He was sentenced to serve eight years in state prison. And then in 1993, he was released, but Latisse is, Girlfriend, Matrice's mother. She didn't She didn't want to wait around for him while he was in jail. I mean, she had a family to take care of and she just had to keep going with her life. He was in prison. She started to see other people and she ended up meeting a guy named Larry Sutton. And then the two would end up marrying and Larry would become Matrice's stepfather. So at this time they were living in Los Angeles. And then in 1993, the LA riots were going on. And if you were in Los Angeles, like that's it was, I mean, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but based off of stuff I've seen, there was growing violence and then there was a lot of racial tensions going on. So Latisse and Larry made the decision to move to Covina, which is um, a Los Angeles suburb. It doesn't sound like it would be that much different, but it's way more quiet over there. I mean, I don't know what it's like now, not that it matters, okay. So it was just more of like the suburbs. There was a lot of families there, it was more quiet and it gave Matrice the opportunity to build a good future, do well in school and not be surrounded by all of the city violence that was happening at that time. So from an early age, obvious that Matrice was a pretty smart cookie. Her mom would say in interviews that she used to tell Matrice all the time that you can do whatever you want in this life, but you have to make sure to always give 100% and she could achieve whatever her heart desired. And then throughout school, Matrice, she always had super high grades. It would be said that Matrice would get kind of bored throughout school because it was almost too easy for her. I wish I had that problem in school. 
In middle school, she joined the cheerleading team and she would continue um, well into high school where she was involved in multiple cheerleading competitions. She also loved dance. She loved dancing. She was someone that everyone loved to be around because she was just so happy and it was like contagious and she just was or sounded like a very, very great person. In high school though, her interest in like doing outdoor activities, it began to change. Like she just had no interest in it. Like before, you know, she would play like outdoor sports or go outside with her family and go for a walk, garden with her grandmother, her great grandmother. Matrice just kind of stopped involving herself in that. Like she took no interest in going outside. She started to say that she didn't like being around like bugs and she didn't want to get dirty. So instead she would just stay inside. She would do crossword puzzles. She would watch TV, dance, write in her journal. So then when Matrice got her driver's license, I mean like for any teenager, it's the best day of your life. And then you're determined like to not walk anywhere, never walking again, I'm only driving. So according to her mother, Matrice's mother, she fell in love with psychology and learning about how the mind worked, why people did certain things they did. And she was fascinated just overall with psychology. So then after high school, Matrice, she went on to Cal State Fullerton and it was about 20 miles south of Covina. Rather than commuting, driving back and forth every day, Matrice's mother, she suggested that Matrice move in with her great grandmother, Mildred, that wasn't far from school. She was there living by herself. So she was more than happy to have somebody come live with her. Cause yeah, you don't wanna be alone all the time. So Matrice was more than happy to go stay with her her great-grandmother. She jumped right into the college life. She was just living it up. So Matrice was the first family member to attend college and like much like she did in high school, she was crushing it. Okay. And she quickly rise to the top. She got onto the Dean's list. And then she also found a job working at Santa Fe Springs Shop Shipping Company. Matrice stood out as a top student and she decided she wanted to pursue a career in psychology and she was determined to achieve that. And then in 2008, Matrice graduated Cal State Fullerton and she was looking at grad schools to pursue her master's degree in psychology as well. She taken a job dancing at Debra's, which was a gay and lesbian nightclub in Long Beach. It might still be there. But Matrice, um, she used a stage name Hazel and she printed business cards. And on the business card, it had her picture, obviously her name and Matrice's real father, Michael. Uh, he didn't approve of her working at this nightclub. He warned her that this could potentially lead her to a lot of trouble or get herself into trouble. But Matrice said like she wasn't a stripper. She was just entertainment, you know, like a go-go dancer. And if you're a stripper, there's nothing wrong with that either. So Matrice tried to explain this to him, but you know, dads, they just don't understand. And then while dancing, Matrice decided to, to try modeling. So she began going to job interviews in like sketchy ass areas. And friends were really concerned that she could end up in a really bad situation and, you know, don't meet up with these people in sketchy places, maybe go to a public place. But she wanted to pursue modeling. So during this time, uh, Matrice met this girl named Vanessa and I guess it's hard to say because some people were saying that they were dating and some people were saying that Matrice was really interested in Vanessa, but they weren't dating because Vanessa technically had a girlfriend. There was some kind of like love triangle going on and Matrice really liked this girl, Vanessa, and wanted to 
pursue her, but Vanessa was not, had the same feelings back. And then also during this time, Matrice, she had attended a party at the Playboy Mansion and she was a guest model. Friends could see that there was like something different about Matrice. Um, she seemed more stressed and irritated. And it, they think it was because of the relationship that was going on with Vanessa. Again, I'm not 100% sure what fully was going on, but she was in the picture. Eventually, Vanessa told Matrice that she needed to back off or at least she wasn't interested in her. And then that's when friends really noticed a drastic change in the way Matrice had begun acting. She just seemed really withdrawn. Matrice used to like call and text friends all the time and she just completely stopped. And if she did, it would be like weird text messages that didn't make sense. And then friends noticed like on her Facebook and her MySpace, because MySpace was still around then, I think, they were constantly being updated with random like thoughts and statements at all hours of the day. Um, one of the posts that she had posted was, quote, have you ever woke up at 7 a.m. crying on a Saturday? Cause now that you see the light, you see all the people lost in the dark, end quote. I mean, I've seen posts like this before, I guess. Have I, have you? I don't know, but it was just different for something that Matrice would, would be posting. It's the new year and Magic Spoon is perfect for meeting your goals, whether it's eating healthier or saving more time in your morning routine. So as um, summer 2009 was coming to a close, her behaviors became more erratic and a little difficult to track. She started to withdraw more like from friends and from family. In text messages, Matrice would not make any sense. Like the her sentences, her sentences would be disjointed and they didn't appear to be connected to like any particular topic. Her explanations for her behavior, it made even less sense. On one occasion, Matrice's mother, Latisse, she had texted her asking her daughter like, hey, what's going on? Matrice responded with a text message that said, quote, I'm writing a book because you told me I can be anything I wanted. You told me I was Miss America. You told me I was America's next top model. Now, do you know what I want to be when I grow up? Miss Mother Nature because Miss America is fake ass joke. So I'm trying to find my way to Michelle Obama to see if she will talk to Mr. Obama about creating my position within the White House. End quote. So this is concerning to her mother, at least, because like this isn't something that Matrice, like what is going, what is going on? Is what her mom is realizing. Matrice doesn't really have an explanation. She's giving her kind of like the runaround or giving her text messages like that, where it doesn't quite make sense as to a, just what's going on, you know? And then on September 16th, it began like any normal last day, like they always do in these stories. Early in that morning, Latisse received a few text messages from her daughter that again, didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and according to a coworker, Matrice, she had showed up to the shipping company that morning and she was in a really good mood. Everything seemed normal. But when Matrice went on her lunch break, she didn't return. She hadn't told anybody where she was going or that she wouldn't be returning. And then on Wednesday nights, Matrice and her great grandmother, they would sit down together and have dinner. But on this day, Matrice, when she got home, she explained that she had a, a change of plans. She told her grand, her great-grandmother that the ocean was calling her name. She needed to go to the beach. So she told her great-grandmother, hey, I'm gonna skip dinner just for tonight. I'm gonna drive down to Malibu along the scenic Pacific Coast Highway. And as far as Mildred knew, her great-grandmother, everything seemed fine. There was nothing concerning about her behavior or her plans. She didn't really think anything of it. Uh, Matrice left the house at around 5 p.m. and headed towards Malibu. 
at least we think. Sometime between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m., uh, Matrice's aunt, her name was Lauren, but she came home and then she, she saw like all over her lawn and the steps to the front door. There was a bunch of business cards everywhere and she when she picked it up, she looked and she saw that it was Matrice her business cards were like scattered everywhere. And she thought, well, oh, like Matrice must've stopped by and she must've dropped all these. Why Matrice went there, nobody nobody really knows. Lauren, the aunt, she discovered a strange note that was like tucked under the windshield wiper of her husband's car. It was in Matrice's handwriting, but it made no sense. There was a smiley face drawn on the page along with the statement, quote, I, Uncle Johnny Jimmy, Nobody knows. On the right-hand side of the letter was written, quote, black women scorned, end quote. Lauren, the aunt, she wasn't really sure what to make of it. I mean, what would you do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I'd be like, okay, thanks. She didn't really overthink it. She would go on to say that she felt like in the pit of her stomach, that something just was off. Something wasn't right. And if you ever have that feeling, you need to listen to it. So it's believed that Matrice had arrived in Malibu around 7 p.m. She like stopped to watch the sunset and then um, she got back into her car and began to drive along Pacific Coast Highway, which is a really beautiful area. You get a nice view of the, the ocean and just really pretty. So while she's driving, she, she comes across this restaurant. It's called Joffrey's or Jeffrey's. I think it's Joffrey's or Jeffrey's. And let me tell you, this restaurant is bougie, okay? It's like one of those places where bread costs $50. I've seen it, I've never I've never been there before. They don't have a dollar menu. So Malibu is not really a place that Matrice, you know, has spent like a great deal of her time in. She sees this place, Joffrey's, and she's like, she decides that she wants to go in and enjoy the view and then get some good food as well. So she pulls into the parking lot and the parking is valet only. Valet man explained that like he was gonna go park another car and he'd come back, get Matrice's car and move that. So pretty much she's saying like, just hold on five minutes. So she agreed. So then as soon as the valet guy drove away with another customer's car, she got out of her car and then she climbed into the valet guy's car, like another car that he had to park or it was his car. It just said the valet guy's car. When the valet guy came back, now get Matrice's car, he saw that Matrice was in this other car and he's like, what are you doing? Her response to him was, quote, it's subliminal, end quote. So the valet guy's like, what are you doing? And then she later explained to the valet guy that she needed to avenge the death of Michael Jackson. And then she just like sat in the car digging through all of the CDs that were in this car, it wasn't her car. So then Matrice, she handed the valet guy her car keys. And then she turns to the valet guy and she asks, is Vanessa here? And the valet guy is like, I don't know who the hell Vanessa is. Matrice warned him to watch out for a woman with tattooed arms. Matrice walks into the restaurant. She's just kind of like browsing around and the valet guy tells the hostess to keep her eye on Matrice because she was acting just really strange. So Matrice had asked for a table for one and she was led into the main dining area. Now, again, like this place is super fancy. I mean, people don't come dressed in like tuxedos and stuff, but you know, a little bit nicer. So Matrice did stand out a little bit because she was wearing a Bob Marley t-shirt and then she had a long sleeve shirt underneath it. She had on bands, a pink alligator belt to hold up her jeans. She also had on Rastafarian hat. So she orders a cocktail and then she also ordered a Kobe steak, which is like $65. Not that it matters, but like treat yourself. But while waiting for 
uh, her food to come out, she noticed like a table, it was nearby and it had a group of people. It was like seven different people. So she approaches this table and she kind of invites herself in their party. The people that were seated, they said that Matrice was just making really strange comments. She told this table that she was from another planet, that her mom was planet Earth. So then um, Matrice's food comes out. So she goes back to her table and she eats for $65. It better be a life-changing steak. So then once Matrice was done eating her meal, she went over back over to the table of people that she was talking to. Once they were done eating, they paid their bill and then they were getting ready to leave. And I guess Matrice, she got up and she started to leave with them. She told the people at the table that she was going to Hawaii soon and that um, she would contact them when she arrived. So then Matrice was following the seven um, individuals out of the restaurant because they were getting ready to leave. So Matrice was like following with them, um, but she was stopped by the manager and said like, where are you going? You haven't paid your bill yet. And her bill was like, it was like $90 for the, the two things she ordered. And so the manager was like, you haven't paid. And Matrice was saying that her bill was paid for, that the people at the table, they paid for it. And the manager said like, no. The manager asked Matrice, well, they didn't pay for it. You have to pay us. How are you gonna pay for this? And Matrice, responded by saying, quote, I'm busted, what are we gonna do? Matrice also told the manager that she was from Mars. She emptied out her pockets to show that she had no money. So since she was not able to pay uh, the bill and her odd behavior, the manager told the hostess to call the police. While on the phone with the police, um, the hostess explained what was going on. And the hostess explained that like this customer, she's on drugs or she might have some like mental issues. So police were en route. Okay, so then the hostess allowed Matrice to make a phone call and the only phone number Matrice could seem to remember was Mildred's number, her great-grandmother. She called her great-grandmother, Mildred, and Mildred actually offered to give her credit card information over the phone so that she could pay the bill. But unfortunately, the, the restaurant, they couldn't accept her credit card number over the phone. Um, she had to be there in person to like, you know, sign the receipt, which I think is really stupid. Cause I feel like I've been places where they've accepted credit card payment over the phone, but I don't know. So now it was like 9 p.m. at night and three officers arrived at Joffrey's and the officers asked Matrice some questions like what's, going on, trying to see like where she's at mentally. And Matrice says that her wallet was in her car and she could pay for it because her wallet was simply in her car. So then the officers, they started looking through her car to retrieve her wallet. But when they were going through her car, they realized it was a mess. There was just stuff everywhere, papers, garbage, items all over the place. They could not find her wallet, but they did find her license. And they also found a small amount of marijuana. Like it wasn't enough to warrant an arrest. It could easily just have been taken care of with a misdemeanor ticket. So then Matrice was given a sobriety test and she ended up passing like she wasn't under the influence of anything. When they couldn't locate her wallet, that's when they um, asked the manager, okay, well, what do you wanna do? Do you wanna let her go? or do you want to like press charges? And the owner decided that he wanted to press charges against Matrice. So at this time, Matrice is 24 years old. I don't know if I ever mentioned that, but she was handcuffed and she was placed into the back of the patrol car and she was taken down to Sheriff's Station. So I believe that the restaurant was on the phone with Matrice's great grandmother, Mildred. And then Mildred was told that Matrice was going down to the police station. Mildred 
called Matrice's mother and let her know like what was going on. So then Matrice's mother called the police station and she had asked the police station, is Matrice going to be released tonight or tomorrow? Like what's what's gonna happen? Because she was gonna uh, drive down there to the police station to pick up Matrice. But if she wasn't going to be released, she didn't wanna bother driving all the way out there to pick her up because she had a 10 year old daughter at home who was still sleeping. So it was just gonna be an inconvenience to drive all the way down there for her to not even get released. The police station informed her she'll be released tomorrow and we'll make sure to have uh, Matrice call you and let you know like what's going on and whatnot. Matrice's mother is like, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll wait for the call. At least like I don't have to drive all the way out there tonight. And Matrice's mother later on would say like, oh, you know, I was kind of glad knowing that she was safe in a like locked up all night versus like her just being out there because really out of character for her to be acting like this. And I wouldn't want her out on the street because who knows what would happen. So her mom was kind of not happy that she got in trouble, had peace of mind knowing that Matrice would, would be in a safe spot. So once Matrice arrived, she was put in a cell. She was being charged for possession of marijuana and defrauding an innkeeper, which I thought was weird because I thought she didn't have enough marijuana to be charged with, but that's what she was being charged with. And for some odd reason, when Matrice was arrested, the deputy who was like filing the paperwork and whatnot, they made no mention and no notes about Matrice's behavior. Like she was acting and saying strange things. And normally you would kind of take note of this. There was nothing written in the reports that would suggest any questions existed about her mental state at the time. The reason for this has been heavily debated and the general consensus seems to believe that this was done either to avoid the additional paperwork or because the deputy felt that Matrice was fine. Had she been written in as possibly being mentally unstable, she could have been held under a closer observation or she could have even been brought down for a 72 hour psych holds and evaluation. According to the call logbook, Matrice had placed four different phone calls and it was seen as kind of weird because she made four phone calls, but we're unsure who they were to. One of them was not to her great grandmother, which was the only phone number she seemed to remember. And unfortunately, of course, like that night, Normally in, in jail, like there's a pay phone and anyone who got arrested can make a phone call. Normally when they make these phone calls, they are recorded. But of course, pay phone was out of order that day or night. So they had Matrice use the phone on their desk. Like it was just a normal phone and it wasn't recorded. recorded. Nobody knows who she called. Multiple deputies who were interviewed, they all heard Matrice talking on the phone. They don't know who she was talking to or what, they can't remember what exactly she was saying, but they know that she was on the phone and she was talking. Whether she was talking to somebody or not, she could have even just been talking to herself pretending she was on the phone, but I guess we'll never really know. Meanwhile, at home, Matrice's mother, she was like getting ready for bed. She was kind of waiting to see if Matrice was gonna call her but she never came through. So, okay, well, I'll wake up early and then I'll head out there and get it all settled and see what's going on. That was her plan. Her mother had gone to sleep. So then September 17th at 5.20 a.m., Latisse, Matrice's mother, she calls a sheriff's station and asks what it would cost to bail her daughter out or like how it works really. She was informed that Matrice had been released overnight. Suspicious. 
So then when she finds out that Matrice has been released, she's like, um, what? And she asks, well, why has Matrice been released? Like, you guys told me she wasn't gonna be released till this morning. The person on the phone with her mom said, well, she was released because she had no previous, like, record. And her charges, they were not, like, big enough to uh, warrant holding her. It would have been against the uh, department's policy to hold her overnight. So why'd they bring her? I don't know. Again, I know nothing. They said on the phone that Matrice was told, okay, she could, you could stay in the cell if you want to. Um, that way you have somewhere to stay tonight and Matrice turned them down. And then they also offered her to stay in the lobby and wait. And Matrice also said, no, no thanks. So they told Matrice's mom on the phone this, like she didn't want to stay. We can't force her. When asked about Matrice's state of mind, the sheriff's department said that she was showing like no signs of a mental illness. She wasn't intoxicated. She was fine. Quote, she's an adult end quote. They're not wrong about that. Like they can't force her to stay if she doesn't want to stay, but... So Matrice had been released at 12.15 a.m. She had no car. She had no money. Her wallet was in her, her car. No money. She had no phone, no food, nothing. Like 12.15 in the morning, she was released. Bye. What are you supposed to do? She can't get anywhere. 12.15 in the morning, a young woman, like what? Jeez. Yeah, she'll be fine. Her car was actually at an impound center that was like 15 miles away. So it's not like she was flipping close. And even if she did get there, most likely they would be closed. So like, what was she supposed to do? At no point did deputies or anyone uh, offer her a ride. So again, what is she supposed to do? What did they think was gonna happen? So then Latisse, Matrice's mother, she calls everyone. She's calling everyone to see like, hey, have you heard from Matrice? But she's calling around just trying to see maybe Matrice like showed up somewhere and like just didn't let her know. I don't know. So when she's making these calls, she's realizing nobody has heard from Matrice. Like nobody knows where she's at. And she starts to kind of like freak. She starts to panic as any of us would. So then Latisse is feeling worried. She's feeling scared. So she, and just really upset. So she calls the sheriff's station back. It's been 15 minutes since her last call. She calls him back and she's like, I wanna file a missing persons report on my daughter because nobody's seen her, nobody knows what's what's going on, like I'm really worried. And she was told over the phone that they usually wait about 24 hours unless there are serious circumstances. But for the most part, you should wait 24 hours because she might show up. The police station had convinced Latisse to just wait She'll show up, just wait. So then back at the police station, it's about 6.30 a.m. The sheriff's station, they receive a phone call from a guy named Bill Smith. And he's a retired reporter who lived in an area called Montenito. Montenito? It's out there, um, Malibu area. But over there, there's a lot of canyons, um, hiking area. There's ranches. It's not far from the station. It's like six miles from the police station. Anyways, so this Bill guy, he calls the sheriff's office. He says, there's this, this young lady. She's a slim black woman with Afro hair walking through his backyard. Those are his words. According to this guy, Mr. Smith, he asked uh, the woman, is she all right? Like, first of all, you're in my backyard, but are, are you all right? And she said that she was just resting. So then this guy, Mr. Smith, he, he goes back into doing whatever it is he was doing at the time. He kind of like goes back to doing that. And then he looks out his window again to see if she's still there and she's gone. So he called the police 
because it's not like there's houses like crammed on top of one another out there. It's like a lot of land and whatnot. So it's like, where'd this lady come from, first of all? Second of all, where is she going? Third of all, why is she in my yard? So that's why he called the police in the first place. Cause at first I was like, why do you call the police on that? But I guess people just call the police. So then a deputy goes out to see this bill guy and check on to see if the woman's still there. But when the sheriff went out there, they didn't find anybody. They didn't see anybody who was just wandering around. They didn't find anyone who fit the description. So that was really that. So then Matrice's mother, Latisse, she arrived at the station and she finally was like, okay, I need to file a missing persons report. It's been a couple of hours now. She still hasn't shown up. I need to file this report. So while she was there, the police officers were like, oh, we got a call from this guy out in Monte Nido. We got a call from this guy out there and they think like they spotted her out there. So then um, Latisse was given directions where this guy's house was or like how to get there. So Latisse, she files the missing person's report and then she heads out to the area where maybe somebody saw Matrice. Latisse would say that she had that really bad like gut feeling. She was like, I just know something's up, something's not right. Now the area that Matrice may have been at, it was like really difficult to get there. It's extremely rugged and remote with like steep canyons, difficult terrain. It wasn't easy to like go looking for somebody or something out there. Latisse, Matrice's mother, she stated that Matrice, she hated walking. She did not like being out in nature and she was deathly afraid of the dark. So didn't make sense as to why she would be out there because there's like no street lights or anything. It was at nighttime, it was, it's like pitch black out there. It's just the moonlight, which is kind of nice, but like not really if you're scared of the dark. I'm still talking, why am I still talking? 48 hours after Matrice's disappearance on September 19th, that's when the first official search went ahead. And some reports say it was eight hours after uh, Matrice's disappearance disappearance, but the family says it was 48 hours later. So that's like a big difference too. So they brought out a tracking dog or the search dogs that smell stuff. And they brought him to Bill's house, Mr. Smith, remember him? So they brought the dog out there to p see if he picked up Matrice's scent in hopes that they get led in the right direction. And the dog picks up Matrice's scent and the dog led them up to like a nearby neighbor's house. And then the scent was lost. So the search lasted about eight hours and then they called it off. So then four Four days go by, it's now September 23rd, and the case is transferred from LAPD missing persons unit to their robbery homicide division. So the first thing that they wanted to do was examine Matrice's car and see if there's any like signs or indications of where maybe she was going, what like her plan for the day was, phone numbers, whatever they could find. Maybe they'll find something in the car. Once detectives are going through her car, they come across Matrice's phone and her wallet, which is in the car. And in her wallet was her debit card. So they check like her big bank statements to make she's not withdrawing money or anything or they go through her bank statements and they see like she has over $2,000 in her bank account. So she could have easily paid her bill in the first place if she had been able to go get her wallet from her car. So it's kind of like, oh my gosh, all this could have just been prevented if she was able to go get her wallet. They also found her journal in her car and so they go through her journal. It would kind of help them see maybe what her mindset was before disappearing. And a psychologist working with LAPD speculated that Matrice was most likely suffering from some kind of mental illness, specifically like maybe possibly it was bipolar disorder. The media picks up the story and they're saying that a young African-American woman has been arrested and brought to the sheriff's station and then allowed her to leave on her own despite questions of her mental health. The 
arguments quickly became a question of why deputies uh, didn't offer her a ride when just a few years earlier, Mel Gibson was arrested for a DUI and he was brought to the same station. He was booked and everything. And then once he was released, police gave him a ride back to his vehicle. So everyone's saying like a famous actor, Mel Gibson, why are they giving him a ride? And they're not they're not able to give a young woman a ride at 12 in the morning when she has no car or wallet or phone. Like, I think it's a good, it's a good point. I agree. Um, so Matrice's family, obviously they're really angry. Plus they're heartbroken. Like, where's their daughter at? Where is their daughter at? So Matrice's mother wants to know like why her daughter was released when she had been assured that she would be held and not released until the morning. The sheriff's department denied any knowledge of Matrice's possible mental health issues, but there was an email from September 20th between the station's lieutenant and captain, which the lieutenant explained that he felt she was acting unusual and uneasy about letting her go. Like this is what it says in the email. And then the sheriff's station, they stand by the fact that they had no idea and they don't have any um, recollection of writing this email. There's no way, they didn't say this, even though there was like an email. Side note, side note. These cases, especially when like maybe the, the police are like the bad ones, here why don't they just own up and say we made a great mistake like i i don't get that why do they always stand by the fact that they did everything right and then in the end they don't and then it makes them look even worse like why do they do that can someone explain so due to like obvious conflicting information tensions were growing between the family and law enforcement so latisse Matrice's mother, she hired a civil rights attorney. Several months have passed, but the family and friends still, they searched the area. They handed out flyers trying to keep and bring awareness about Matrice's disappearance. Just reminding people to keep their, their eyes open and don't forget about her. And then January 9th, 2010, so four months after the dis disappearance, authorities, volunteers, search and rescue teams, totaling to about 250 individuals. They searched the area that Matrice was last seen. They were looking for anything, a shoelace, clothing, crumbs. They were just looking for anything that would hopefully give them some answers and nothing, not a shred of evidence was found. Shortly after the search for Matrice, uh, Michael, Matrice's real father, he's driving um, out to Las Vegas. He reports seeing Matrice and he alleges to have seen her working as a prostitute and speculates that she may have been recruited by someone she met through um, the Playboy Mansion or dancing at her job. And then according to Michael, he says that he called out her name. He was yelling, Matrice, Matrice. And he runs after her, but the woman, whoever it was, she ran off into the crowd. But Michael was like, I saw her, I know I did. So March 29th, which is like six months after the disappearance, Matrice's family is brought in to the sheriff's station, sheriff's department, to be shown the surveillance footage. Now, they've been asking for this footage for a long time, but the police officers constantly said over and over again that there was no surveillance cameras and that they have cameras in the station, but they don't record. They're just there to monitor. They kept telling the family over and over again, there is no, there is no footage. There is nothing, nothing at all. They magically find this footage. Because the civil rights attorney was like really pushing for it heavy. So good for them. So frustrating because if they didn't have an attorney or somebody, I don't know, but they probably wouldn't have seen the footage. Anyway, so out of thin air, this footage appeared, magically appears, poof, they have footage. Oh, weird. They watch the footage and they see that, okay, like Matrice is acting 
really weird. She's holding onto the cell bars and she's like swaying her body from side to side. She looked like she was really agitated, annoyed. Her family says her behavior is abnormal. She's acting, it's obvious, like she's acting very strange. And the sheriff's department disagree. They're like, no, she looked normal to us. Like there's, that's why we released her. But based off the footage, the official release time was about 12, 28 a.m. The jailer walks her out the door and as the jailer is re-entering, another deputy can be seen exiting the building. The family had been told that no deputies were present at the time of her release and now they begin to wonder like, hey, did this deputy give her a ride? Did he have something to do with it? Did he see something? Like, where's this guy at? So then the deputy that was seen leaving, he was interviewed or asked questions. And he said, I didn't see her leaving. I don't remember. So these guys are super helpful. Now in June, a former friend of Matrice's believes he spotted her in Las Vegas as well. So according to this guy, he saw her in a casino, he called out her name, she appeared nervous and then ran away. So since this is two times now, someone spotted her or thinks they spotted her in Las Vegas, investigators are sent out there to investigate. More than 70 people had reported seeing Matrice there, but after looking around and investigating, questioning people, they did not come across her and they couldn't seem to find where she could be at. So that was the end of that. So then August 9th, 2010, two park rangers were out there in that um, Monte Nido place, Nido. And then they're like walking around, um, hiking this like area, extremely difficult to walk in this area. And it's known as the Dark Canyon. And it's incredibly steep. It's difficult to maneuver through this canyon. Like they do not recommend anybody really go out there because it's rough. Okay. During their descent, they kind of like discover what seems to be a body. They see a, a skull with like curls of dark hair still attached. Nearby there were women's clothing. The remains later would be confirmed to, to be those of Matrice. So Matrice's right leg was located about six feet up from the canyon from where her body had been found. And then there were no signs of animals having found or disturbed the body. Her left arm was flexed tightly. And what baffles law enforcement officials is the idea that Matrice could have been lying in that canyon for nearly a year and yet no animals found her. Her body seemed undisturbed. This particular area, I mean, they have coyotes, they have scavenger birds, so that's suspicious. Also, this area where Matrice's remains were found, it's very difficult to get there. So the coroner like couldn't get up there um, with their car, apparently. They had to take Matrice's body up by a helicopter and they weren't able to get pictures of how Matrice, her body and her remains were found. Um, luckily, one of the park ranger guys, he actually took a photo on his cell phone and that was like the photo that was used to see the scene. So according to the medical examiner, there was no signs of trauma to the body, no outward signs of physical violence, nothing to explain what happened. Her cause of death is ruled to be undetermined. The only clothing that was recovered was her jeans and a belt and bra. Two of her shirts were missing, socks, underwear, shoes, they were all missing. They weren't located like around the area at all. Police said animals must have gotten to them. So what they're saying is animals now know how to undress people. You better watch out, you guys. Next time you're out camping, a coyote might try and take off your clothes. I'm being facetious. Because why wouldn't they mess with um, the body if it's been almost like a year now? 
just doesn't make any sense. So Latisse, Matrice's mother, decided to hire a forensic anthropologist. So he takes a look at the photographs that were taken when the, they found Matrice's body. And remember they were taken on a cell phone because they couldn't get like proper photos of the scene and whatnot. When they originally found Matrice's body, her skull was completely detached and it was resting upside on the upper torso. Five of her neck bones were not recovered, so it's hard to believe her body was still intact, which was what the sheriff and lieutenants were saying. When they found her body, everything was like untouched, but they were lying. I, we don't know why, why are you lying? And then the forensic anthropologist had a great deal of questions about the way Matrice's remains were discovered. In an interview, he was explaining that the left arm, it was like flexed and it was like in a weird position, something that would not happen if you died the way she had supposedly died. He knew like it could not be created by environmental conditions where the body was found. There was nothing present to hold her arm in like such a position that was defying gravity. And he says the initial assumption should have been a homicide and the scene should have been treated as such. For example, like Matrice's hair wasn't examined at all. Some hair was still attached to her skull, but other hairs were found nearby. There were some reports that said it was like her hair. And there were some other reports that said it was like someone else's hair, but an earring was found tangled up in her hair as well. And it was not attached to her body, but it was an earring which Matrice was not reported to be wearing at the time that she vanished. That wasn't examined at all. And then Matrice's remains and clothing were not examined for fibers or hairs related to the possible suspect. Um, the surrounding area wasn't checked for blood. He noticed that Matrice's teeth had a pinkish hue to them, which could suggest strangulation, but the neck bones um, are necessary to determine if it was a strangulation, but they were never recovered. No one knows where her neck bones are. So then July, 2011, Matrice's body was exhumed and it was brought to the LA Sheriff's Department crime lab for examination. The coroner came to the same conclusion, which was undetermined cause of death and no signs of homicide, which, why? I don't know. So this upsets the family as it should. Latisse and Michael, they both separately filed lawsuits against the LA Sheriff's Department, which was settled and both of them were awarded a good amount of money. The Sheriff's Department, they do not and will not seem to admit that they did any wrongdoing on their part. So the family reached out to California Attorney General's office asking them to review the Sheriff's Department's handling of the case. In 2016, they state that they were going to begin criminal investigation in connection with the case. And after a year long investigation, they concluded insufficient evidence to support a criminal prosecution for destruction, alteration, or concealment of evidence. So the family was trying to sue the sheriff's department for not doing the right thing. Okay. I mean, they originally were trying to hide the fact that they had security footage. They let Matrice out, um, even though multiple people say that Matrice was acting weird or seemed mentally ill. They let her go without her phone, wallet, anything. So yes, I think they should be in trouble for that. Come on, this could have all been prevented. So it was later um, explained that sadly, even if they had discovered evidence to prosecute the people involved at like the sheriff's station, there would be little that they could do because 
the statute of limitation, it ran out in 2014. I think the family just honestly wanted closure and for people to be held accountable, which they deserve. So there are many people who believe that there are answers as to what happened to Matrice and they're out there, but someone has to know the truth and hopefully someone will speak up and come forward and say what happened. For now, there are just theories as to what happened that are floating around. There's a lot of theories. There's some theories that say the police department was trying to cover up some kind of bigger involvement with something, but I couldn't quite find like an answer as to what they were hiding, but that was one theory. Another theory is just that Matrice was suffering from a mental illness. She went down into that canyon and she died. And then another theory is that the LA Sheriff Department played a role in Matrice's death. Some people believe that letting her go was purely negligent, while others believe the investigation itself may have been a mass cover-up to conceal criminal acts by the deputies. And then the final theory suggests that Matrice's death was a homicide and that Matrice may have come across someone who offered her a ride and then she was later murdered. Or when she approached the Dark Canyon area, someone maybe like saw her or found her or they were down there too and then they killed her. If Matrice had simply been held in jail or held in the office or given like a ride home, this story would be completely different. The family hopes that they will somehow find a way to obtain the answers and get justice for their daughter. And yeah, that's the story about Matrice, about how shitty that police department is and how they hold no responsibility for what they did. If you know anything about what had happened to Matrice, I'll leave in the description box below maybe where you can reach out and speak up. I should probably do that with all of the stories I talk about, which I will. Okay, good call. Anyways, um, so this story is odd. Like what happened to Matrice? Nobody knows. The location where she was found, it's so hard to get to that area. I feel like there's no way she would have just wandered over there. And if she did wander over there, why weren't the animals and st like how was her body still in such like quote unquote like good condition when it was, has been out there for almost a year. I don't know, like were the neighbors looked at more heavily? It seems like the police department didn't even want to deal with it. So anyways, I would love to hear your theories on what you think may have happened. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today. I hope that you have a really good day. You make good choices. Please be safe out there. And I never know how to end these because it's always like a really sad story. And then I'm like, bye. But other than that, I'll be seeing you guys very soon. Bye.